Where are the prophets today? Many people are in the camp of, I don't think there are. I think that that was an Old Testament thing. We have the Bible now. That's surely enough. Why would we need a prophet to instruct us? That sounds fair. And there are other people on the other side of it who are all about prophecies and As many of you know, in the last year and the year before that, there were many prophets who prophesied a whole lot of things about what would happen in the world that absolutely never came true. And when we are faced with this, it's easy, I'll be honest, right? It's easy to be like, well, I don't want anything to do with those people. I don't want anything to do with that crowd. How embarrassing. Right? That, 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 those are the things that we face. But biblically speaking, though, is this something that we can just push aside? Is the role of a prophet, the gift of prophecy, something that has been ex- extinguished by the Spirit of God? Or is it something that he wants to flame? I want to submit to you that it's important if it's important because then God deems it important and we need to look at it. But if it's not, then it's not, and that's fine. But what does the Bible say? You know, when we're in our series of the Acts series, which we've been going through the past few weeks now, I just came across Acts chapter 11. And in here, I come across something interesting. I see a prophet prophesying. We, we don't really know much about this prophet. His name is Agabus, but he's prophesying something to the early church. And it says in Acts 11 verse 27, now in these days, prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. Prophets, various prophets. And one of them named Agabus stood up and foretold by the spirit that there would be a great famine over all the world. This took place in the days of Claudius. So we see this is not Old Testament, right? This is not your Torah. Like this is not like Isaiah or Ezekiel or one of the old prophets. This is someone in the first century filled with the spirit of God. And it actually said there were many prophets, but this one stood up and prophesied that there would come a famine. And and as he prophesied this, it came true. And then eventually they even prepare, they were able to prepare for it, send charity to look after the people struck by this famine. Let me tell you a little bit, brothers and sisters. I myself, when I when I was meditating on these scriptures, I, I looked think, thought back on my life, and I just in a few minutes of thinking could come across at least four prophecies that I was personally given on my life, that were given to me by true prophets of God. And these people were not what you think of when you think of when I say prophets of God. These were people who were spirit filled, who loved God. But when I looked at them, it wouldn't be like, whoa, they're a prophet, like holy ground guys. No, it's it's not like, you know, there are many people who, who, who are perceived as Sometimes, you know, when we talk, think about a prophet, we're perceiving it as this, this person who's like all this, right? But these were believers who loved God. 
They were meek. They were humble. They were not putting themselves forward as something. And look, I'm not saying that that there aren't people who are prophets who God is putting on a platform. I'm not saying that that doesn't happen. I'm not saying that God can't do that. But I'm what I'm saying is in the examples that I'm talking about with personal prophecies, a lot of these weren't people that had a platform. A lot of these were ordinary people. One of them, I'm not going to go into too much detail because they are personal prophecies, but I will, for the sake of your edification, just speak, kind of give you an overview. You know, one of them was a lady who came to me at a prayer meeting. And in my early days, before I ever thought about going into ministry, I was a student at university studying to be something else. She came to me and she started speaking in tongues looked at me speaking, spoke, speaking in tongues, and she started prophesying. And she said, I call you into full-time ministry, speaking from the Lord's perspective. And this shook me and I couldn't believe it. I actually was like, this is not, a, she's, I don't know if she's a prophet because I don't think, I don't know if that'll ever come true. Um, a few years later, it did come true. And then I look back on the prophecy and I'm like, God, at that time, you know, I didn't know if it was true or not, but now I do know it was, and now it's a confirmation that you were speaking. There were other cases, at least three other cases, that I'm not going to go into detail, where people came to me at either a prayer event, a the other one was on the streets while I was praying for someone, doing ministry, I was just praying for a stranger, and then someone else came up to me who doesn't know me, sp- spoke a prophecy over me, and it came, to, it came true to the T. There was another person at a worship event I was at, worshiping God, and I had a lot of distraughtness in my heart over many things. This person came to me and spoke everything into alignment, said this was what God has seen. I saw you in a dream earlier in this week. God said this over your life. And I don't know you, but this is I just felt like I needed to tell you because I recognized you from my dream earlier this week. This was a stranger I've never known before. I've never met before. She came to me in the midst of a crowd of over 3000 people. She walked up to me and and that was a place where it shifted the direction of my life. Okay, so my point is just here that there are prophecies active and alive today, prophets, people who are given words for others, active and alive today. But Deacon, you can tell me, well, PD, I, I don't see any of that. Uh, where are these true things happening? I only see the fake stuff. And look, there is, I'll submit to you, there's probably on the stages of America more and when I'm talking about the stages of America, I'm talking about the the prophecies you hear about, the ones on YouTube, the ones on, not all of them, but but I want to submit to you that many of them, as it turns out, they, they aren't true prophets because their prophecies do not come true. The opposite often happens. But that doesn't mean that there aren't true works of God and true words of God being spoken through people. I want to submit to you that you will find more prophecies that are true and of the Lord as you find more people who are spirit filled. If you're in circles of people who do not believe in the gift of prophecy, that it shouldn't be exercised, who do not desire the gift, um, you will not see prophecies happening. You will not see movings of the prophetic. If you are not in the midst of fellowship, in other words, if you listen to me as I describe my some of my examples, 
I was either busy praying for people or I was at a prayer event worshiping God or or praying to God or and at a prayer at a house uh, meeting was the other one. I was always involved with the Lord's business. And it was in those meetings and places where the Lord met me and spoke to me. If you're not busy with the Lord's business in these places, you will seldomly find someone just randomly coming up to you. you if it is, it is in the midst of our fellowship, as we are supposed to be a body of believers working together in unity with one another, and spirit-filled seeking him and his gifts, it is in those places that we see these gifts being exercised and edifying the body. That's where you will find edification as well. And so one of the reasons you may have never experienced it is because you may have never been in circles or around people who have the gift and who are pressing into the Lord intimately more deeply than most American Christians do. And that brings me to my second point. And it is simply that there are not a lot of people who truly exercise the gift prophetically, truly, because intimacy with God in America is not up to a standard where that is really possible. And what I mean by that is there are people in America, don't get me wrong, there are people in America who are spirit-filled on fire and have a strong, intimate relationship with God. But that is the exception, not the rule. Most people who are Christians in America do not have the intimacy with God required to be able to get a word of prophecy. And you're like, whoa, no, this is this is easy to get to because most Christians in America don't pray more than 10 minutes a day. And I don't even know if 10 minutes, I think 10 minutes is already a lot for many people. And when I say praying, I'm talking about going into your prayer closet on your knees, being intentional before the Lord and getting there and getting with him. If you do not speak to him, do not expect to hear from him. I mean, he can speak and he does. But if you want to be immersed in his word to the point where he is speaking through you prophetically, you need a level of being filled with the Spirit and you need to be in His presence enough so that you are immersed in Him. And if you are not, then, and you're not amongst people who are, then we can't be shocked that the, the prophecies don't happen. And you'll look to me and say, well, Peter, I don't see that, so it can't be true. Brothers and sisters, if we all sought God more, we would see these things happen more. We see uh, in 1 Thessalonians 5.19, do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. It's almost like he knew that there would be people who quench the spirit and despise prophecy. And that's exactly what has happened in, in much of American Christianity, right? Is a lot of this quenching of the spirit, the despising of anything prophetic. Look, it's, it's fine to be like, we tested it. It's not true. Let's move on. That's good. Because he says, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. So you need to test every word. And that's how we know it's from the Lord, right? But if you test the word, it doesn't come true. And you're like, ah, all this prophetic stuff, it's just from the devil. You're despising prophecy. So there's a balance that needs to be exercised here of um, testing 
and loving the Lord's work in believers and his ability to speak through believers. I want to read to you 1 Corinthians 14, 29. Paul instructs regarding prophecy, and he says, Let two or three prophets speak, and let the others weigh what is said. You see, Paul is, is writing on the assumption that there are more than one prophet in the church. Can you imagine that? Like, you know, today we think of it as a rare thing. Paul was speaking as if there is like more than one prophet, like in a church. Because he's saying, let two or three prophets speak. Okay, a few prophets are speaking. And it says, let the other prophets weigh what is being said. Because the, the prophets are subject to the prophets. But see, if you don't have prophets... How can you weigh what the other prophets are saying? You know what this is doing to me, brothers and sisters, in my heart? This is so alarming. It's so alarming. And it breaks my heart because it means that there's something so wrong. There's something so missing. Because when we see, consider this a rarity, but Paul considered this a common practice, there's something wrong. Is something wrong? It's not okay. Like it means there's something wrong in our spiritual lives in the church for there to not be product where prophets aren't being produced in the body. It means that there's either it's because prophets were being despised, which is one thing, to the point where no one wants to deal with that because they're so despised. The other thing is that no one has the intimacy. Few people, let me let me be more correct in saying few people have the intimacy with God required to be used so powerfully. I don't know what it is, but I want to say we need to start seeking the Lord on this thing because this is not okay. This is not okay. When we look at another example, Acts 21 verse 9, he had we, we read about Philip's daughters and we read, he had four unmarried daughters who prophesied. Four of his daughters prophesied. While we were staying for many days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. Okay? So, so Paul is staying with Philip. He's got four daughters prophesying. And it was, as if that's enough, now there's another prophet, that guy called Agabus. He came, comes down from Judea and he prophesies. And he says, he takes Paul's belt, bound it, bound his feet and hands and said, Thus is the Holy Spirit. This is how the Jews of Jerusalem will bind the man who owns his belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. See, Agabus was prophesying this and he was his prophecy, his word, was subject to Philip's four unmarried daughters who also prophesied. That's why it was mentioned that there were so many prophets in the house. That's why Paul could so quickly find comfort in that this word is from the Lord. Because test everything. It is important to test words. But then when you have more than one prophet in the room, guess what? The other prophets can be like, my spirit bears witness. My spirit bears witness. The Lord is confirming this in my heart. This is true, Paul. Watch out. This is what, the, what was happening. You see, brothers and sisters, I want to submit to you that there's a few reasons that false prophecies have been occurring on such a grand scale in the last few years. One of them is simply that people are prophesying from their fleshly biases. 
and this is a thing not of um, I don't think these are people who are necessarily always wolves in sheep's clothing trying to mislead people but they are trying to please the ears of people telling people what they want to hear and this is the people who oftentimes will always say things will be well things will be well don't worry and they are saying it to people who ought to be worrying and what I mean by that is Look, there's nothing wrong with a prophecy that is a prophecy of coming blessing. There are prophecies of judgment. There are prophecies of coming blessing, prophecies of open doors, prophecies of all sorts. But when there is prophecies given to a people who are in, deeply entrenched in sin and who, who has judgment coming their way, and you don't even need to be a prophet to see that, yet a prophet, quote unquote, comes and tells them that they're going to be blessed, well, we always have to wait and see, but there's a good chance that they're just telling them that because they're telling them to tickle their ears because it's what's popular. It's very popular to say, you know, yes, we have all of these horrible things happening, but it's gonna all going to be all right, guys, don't worry. And yes, I know we're all, we all have a lot of sin and all that, but, you know, it's all going to be all right, don't worry. It's very popular to say that. People, All, all people want to hear that. And so that temptation, this is a bias. This is a, you see, to be a prophet, what has to happen is you need to, despite your fleshly desires and biases, despite what you want to happen, despite what you, you need to be spiritually neutral. You need to be so neutral that, that God can speak through you even the things you don't want to say and hear. And that's what it takes do you really think that when um, Agabus came down and prophesied to Paul that he's going to get persecuted deeply if he goes down to um, Jerusalem? Probably didn't want to do that, but he had to because that's what the Lord spoke to him. You see, when Jesus was on the uh, on the way to crucif his crucifixion, he says, Father, if this cup can pass from me, please to pass right he is praying from that place but he says but lord if this is your will let it be done so he is offering himself up as an offering to do god's will even if it's against his own desires no man wants to die and he didn't want to die either but yet he still said but lord if this is your will your desire your voice i will do it that is what God calls every man who desires to prophesy to. I want to read to you an example of this type of false prophecy in Jeremiah 23, 14. Jeremiah the prophet spoke about them and he said, But in the prophets of Jerusalem I have seen a horrible thing. They commit adultery and walk in lies. They strengthen the hands of evildoers so that no one turns from his evil. All of them have become like Sodom to me and its inhabitants like Gomorrah. Therefore, thus is the Lord of hosts concerning the prophets. Behold, I will feed them with bitter food and give them poison water to drink. For from the prophets of Jerusalem, ungodliness has gone out into the land. Thus is the Lord of hosts. Do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesy to you, filling you with vain hopes, vain hopes. They speak visions of their own minds not from the mouth of the Lord. They say, continue to those who despise the word of the Lord. It shall be well with you. And to everyone who stubbornly follows his own heart, they say, no disaster shall come upon you. 
For who among them has stood in the counsel of the Lord to see and hear his word? Who has paid attention to his word and listened? Who is there to actually stand in the counsel of the Lord and proclaim that word, is what Jeremiah says. Instead, they say, vain hopes, visions of their own minds, it shall be well with you, things of that nature. You see, brothers and sisters, here's the thing, though. Don't take my words and say that every, I'm saying that every prophet who says that if something goes well with you, that's a false prophet. That's not what this is saying. But it is, he is saying that when there is preaching to people, for example, here, on, who, on, where ungodliness has gone out in all the land, when these people are committing adultery and walking in lies, that's the context of all of this. But yet there is no rebuke. Right? That's how can that be a true prophet? Brothers and sisters, we are living in a time, a day, an age where I want to submit to you many people are forbidding prophecy. Many people do not want there to be prophets, but I want to submit to you that's not the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit of God is coming forward and He is saying, where are my prophets? Where are my people who I want to meet in their prayer closets, who I want to immerse with my Holy Spirit, drench them with my Holy Spirit? Where are my people, my prophets, who has ears to hear my voice so that they can proclaim my voice to the people of God so that they can be edified, so that they can understand my direction. Where are the prophets that I am calling, says the Lord? I want to submit to you, brothers and sisters, God is calling these people out of their distractions. There are people who are called to be prophets, but they are distracted in the world. They are distracted by the world's doings. And it is okay. It is good right now that they're not prophesying because if they do, they would prophesy their own fleshly biases and desires. But if you listen to me, if you are that man at the sound of my voice and the heart is pricking you, come out of your distractions, get with the Lord, spend real time with Him. You have an hour a day to spend on Facebook. You should at least have an hour a day to spend in your prayer closet then. Don't tell me that you have an hour to spend looking at a screen, scrolling your life away, but you don't have an hour to spend on your knees before the Lord of hosts. You see, brothers and sisters, the Lord has been putting in my heart something really, really heavy this past week. He has encountered me so heavily with this thing that he is coming and he is calling us to a deeper place than ever before. And there is some storm coming and you need to be on board. You, we are, we have been sleeping and the Lord is waking us up and he is saying, you need to be awakened to the voice of my spirit because I want to speak through you. I want to use you. I want to be using you powerfully like I use the people in the book of Acts. Will you be used or will you let this pass you by? You see, brothers and sisters, there's a storm coming and you're going to either be an observer and not a partaker or you're going to be a partaker of this thing. Who are you going to be? Are you going to be on the sidelines looking but never being a part of it as it passes you by and as you lose the opportunity? And, and here's the thing, what the Lord has been speaking to my heart is that he is going to be taking the lamp stands from people. You see in the book of Revelation, he, see, he talks to a church and he says, look, you have loved you, you have hated what is evil. You've loved what is good. I love that about you, but I have this against you. You have lost your first love and I will remove your lampstand from you if you do not repent. The Lord is speaking. If you do not repent of your distraction, if you do not return to your first love, how you loved him at first, you're, you have lost your fire. You have lost what has 
what, what it was kindled in you in the beginning. And if you do not return to the Lord, he will remove that lampstand from you and he will give it to someone else and you will lose and miss the opportunity that he has entrusted to you. You see, brothers and sisters, the Lord gave prophecies to me and callings on my life. And he gave, he's giving prophecies and he's going to give callings on your life. And he has callings on your life, but it is up to you. If you you can have prophecies about all the callings in your life, you can have all the words of what the Lord wants to do through you. But if you are sleeping and if you have lost your first love, those callings will pass you by as your lampstand is removed from you. Who will you be? Subscribe to this channel, brothers and sisters, for more just like this. Like and share this video. I believe that this is a message for the body that needs to be heard. Share this on your Facebook wall. Share it on your Twitter feed. Share it wherever you can for the people to be awakened to what God is desiring in this time.